It's Friday, and that means it's time for the iPhone Photo Show. Everything you wanted to know about the iPhone camera and more, it's right here, all for you in one podcast. I'm your host, Scott Bourne, along with my co-host, the great Jefferson Graham. How are you, sir? I'm, I'm excited that I'm actually going to learn that song because you have promised to send me the MP3 file. And once that happens, I will know that tune backwards and forwards. It's on the way after this podcast. I just uploaded it to Dropbox. Well, today on the show, we're going to talk a little bit of Apple News. We're going to have an interview with National Geographic photographer Jim Richardson, who, yes, indeed, does occasionally use an iPhone. Uh, you're going to hear all about it in Jeff's interview with him. And then... The rest of the show, of course, is going to include our picks of the week and something that's a little different for us. We're not going to be so iPhone specific. Most of the tips that we give for you that would help you with your iPhoneography would help you with any kind of photography, but we're going to specifically target those tips today. If you've got a DSLR, a mirrorless camera, whatever you've got, these tips will work. But remember, our ethos at the show is rule number one. You know, you want to get pro results, act like a pro, shoot like a pro. These are the kinds of things pros do. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm super excited about it. And before we get into it, though, we're going to talk a little news uh, what's happening right around now, Mr. Jefferson Graham? Um, well, uh, a a as you listen to this, the news I have is 10 days old, but it doesn't really matter because it relates to the iPhone new and improved SE phone, which had its price boosted from $399 to $429 and is in stores on on the day that this podcast is is about to launch. So I think we're very timely for any of those who said to themselves, hmm, should I get the new SE or should I get the 13 or should I wait or what should I do? And what are the pros and cons? Well, I think we could run through them I, pretty much. Here you go. You get an iPhone 13 in a small body with one camera lens. That is the short version. You get three camera lenses on the iPhone 13 Pro Max. You get one on just one on the iPhone SE. And, you know, when I started doing photography, I only had one lens. And I bet Scott was in that same position. Correct? Yep. My first camera was a Nikon FTN. And I had a 50 millimeter 1.8 or 1.2, I can't remember. It was probably 1.8 kit lens. And uh, if that wasn't the right lens, then I moved my feet until it looked like the right lens. So, yeah, everybody remembers the launch of the iPhone many years ago. There was no camera, Jefferson. Right. And my first camera was a Honeywell Pentax Spotmatic with a 50 millimeter 1.4. And so we were basically in this in the same boat. If we wanted to get closer, we got closer with our feet. 
And we did everything that we needed to do with that one lens. And now on the iPhone SE, you have basically a 24, eh, 24, 25, 26 millimeter wide angle lens that also serves as a portrait lens if you're willing to get a little closer. Somehow that 24 millimeter lens on an iPhone does not distort like by 24 would on a on a DSLR. Um, but you have one lens and for 400 bucks, Great little deal. It is the best deal. I think it's probably the best deal in mobile. There are Samsung Galaxy's phones out that that are in, in actually cheaper than $400. But gosh, I wouldn't want to use them. I mean, I would, you know, when, when they're selling the new Galaxies for $1,300 and they're selling you a $100 phone, something must be wrong. And, you know, we know how good Apple does with phones and what a nice job they do. You know, the SE is not for me. I don't want a 4.7-inch screen. I want the bigger, the better. The 6.5-inch, I'll go for 7. I'll go for 8. I like big. But uh, for a good, basic, classic, old-fashioned phone with an old-fashioned camera, for that kind of money, you can't go wrong. Well, I'm using a, a used SE that I bought for 250 bucks. It's not even as fancy as this one. And I have been surprised. The, the area that I do immediately notice some penalty is battery life. It does not <laughs> doesn't last very long. That's, that's one of the first things I notice. And it's not quite as spiffy, but it, you know, I use it as a telephone and now I use my 13 Pro as a camera. So I don't, you know, if you, if that's where your budget is, I would grab one of these because it's going to take advantage of all the computational photography that is available in the 13. And let's face it, that's where Apple really shines. They're able to do all kinds of special tricks with these very small sensors and these cameras. I think it's, I think it's exciting news. Yeah, I do too. And, um, the new SC has the same processing chip as the iPhone 13, which is faster and smoother. And you go, yeah, 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 fine, great. Until you want to open up an app, until you want to do something on the phone, and then you say, why isn't it faster? Why is it slowing down? Why am I getting that circle of death? Then all of a sudden, it's pretty cool to have a fast chip, isn't it? Well, we'll see how it uh, works. By the time you hear this show, you'll be able to run down to the Apple Store and pick one up. If you get one, do us a favor. Send us an email to iPhonePhotoshow at gmail.com. Let us know what you think about it. Give us your review. And if you're also, you know, really motivated, run over to our new site at iPhonePhotoTeam.com and leave some comments there. We have all kinds of things going on, topics, circles, etc. We'll tell you more about that in the end of the show but i think right now would be a great time to hear jefferson's interview with a national geographic photographer that shoots with an iphone let's let's listen in thanks scott we've got jim richardson here all the way from Lindsborg, kansas he's one of the great photographers and he has gotten the question that so many of us get so too often which is hey jim I need a camera. Uh, what kind of camera should I buy? I'm going on vacation. What do you tell them, Jim? <laughs> I tell you what I would do right now is I would say, have you updated your phone lately? Uh, yeah, the, the the phones, the phone cameras, whether they're iPhones or Androids or uh, Pixels or whatever, you know, they're so good. <laughs> you know, they're just amazing. Yeah. Um, so when they take them on vacation, I know you took your, your iPhone six to Scotland and that was your only camera. And that was five, six years ago, I guess, because uh, it was the six at six, six, S seven. 
uh, eight, then they went to the 10, 11, 12, and 13. So six years. And, and that was that was eons ago that you got away with going to Scotland with just an iPhone 6. And what did you learn from that experience? It was fast. I, I was surprised that, one, um, I could do a lot more than I thought I could do. And, and yeah, you, you, with cameras, you know, you always adapt. You adapt to what the camera can do, and you take the kind of pictures that the cam that the the camera can take. Uh, and uh, but what I found was I was very happy. You know, I I I I've had decades of hauling around heavy camera bags, and all of a sudden I was just kind of wandering around, you know, happy as a lark and uh, doing fun pictures, and uh, it was very satisfying. I know it's it's an amazing freeing thing. I just went on this bird photography seminar with Scott Bourne. And I showed up with an iPhone and everybody else has their 600 millimeter lenses and $2,000 tripods and everything. And I did pretty well until, except for close-ups, except for close-ups. You could forget about that. Um, what, you, what phone are you using now? Uh, I just, uh, I just up to the 13 pro max. Okay. Uh, so I, I would get all the macro and the cinematic and all the, all the rest of the bells and whistles. Yeah. Uh, now you're all you're you're known as a National Geographic photographer who has traveled the world, correct? Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Have you done any assignments for the National Geographic with just an iPhone? I have for the magazine, not specifically. I've taken pictures that we've used in stories uh, while I was on the story, but for National Geographic expeditions, yes, I've gone in on a number of those uh, travel trips. Uh, cruises, uh, cruises of the British Isles, British and Irish Isles, North Atlantic, and I only took the iPhone. Wow! Yeah. And yeah, and so what were the pros and cons of of cruising down the Nile with just an iPhone? <laughs> well, it, there's there's no deciding which lens to put on the camera for one. Yeah, right. Um, the uh, the the other pluses are, of course, that you're automatically connected. You know, I spent so much time on so many trips downloading pictures, you know, taking the chip and downloading right. it onto the laptop and then editing on the laptop. And, and uh, after you got back to the hotel, whatever, you know, um, but now you simply do it all on the phone, you know, from taking the pictures to processing and, and picking and editing and uh, those kind of things. Uh, running it through something like Unfold or Mojo or one of those apps uh, that lets you do uh, very nice Instagram uh, stories, you say, you know, and then uploading straight from the camera. You know, there's no jostling back and forth uh, with all this business of uh, of downloading and uh, and the complications that go with it. And what were the cons? Oh, well... You're not going to do a lot of close-ups of birds, as you just mentioned. You know, right. you're not going to do that. If you're going to listen, if you're going to go on a safari and you want to photograph cheetahs, yeah, you want that big lens. Yeah, uh, let's, let's be serious. But for most of the kinds of things that people do on uh, on a travel trip, you know, you're you're inside the cathedrals in Europe and you're out there in the highlands of Scotland and you're sidling up to that Highland cow because you want that perfect picture of the uh, of the Highland cow. Yeah. I mean, and and the thing is that that, you know, the what they call the computational photography, you know, the the processing they do. is so good is <laughs> so good that so many times uh, the picture taking is just more fun. 
you get this immediate feedback that the, the pictures are, are looking good. And, um, and, and so you have uh, sort of this, this spur to your creativity because you're out there and you're in the element uh, and you're not burdened. Um, and, and it just is, is, a, is, a, is a fascinating, fun feedback loop. I love it. Well, I would love to see some of your pictures of the Nile shot on an iPhone. <laughs> Maybe yeah, you'll share them I'm, with us. Okay, yeah, you betcha. And uh, more of more of Scotland and uh, and places like that. Uh, I uh, I find that I that I do that a lot. And, and you know, but I you know I get I get just as bad as everybody else. There I am in a pub in Scotland taking a close up of my dram of single malt whiskey. You know, isn't, isn't that a pathetic thing to do in our life? <laughs> it's, it, you know, it could be considered pathetic, but when you're putting a story together about your trip, you want to see oh, yeah. that shot. You really Oh, yes, do. you do. And yeah. you do. And and I tell people that, you you know, you, you want, you know, forget being arty. You know, will you just go out there and take pictures of your experiences and where you were and think about the the folks back home when you come back, uh, you know, and uh, they're not going to care about all your silhouettes and and uh, all that. They're going to want to say, so what did it look like? You know, and uh, if you can you do eat? a good picture of that, you're, you're halfway there on travel photography. Right. And what did you eat and how different was it? <laughs> um, I was just That's right. I'm just putting a video together about Taos, New Mexico, and I've mm -hmm. got the Pueblo and I've got the buildings and I've got all this wonderful stuff. And I realized I was missing the red and green chili, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't miss that. No, no. Yeah. Don't miss the icons. Right. Now, Don't miss what, the icons that'll set the scene. Yeah. For anybody listening who might be driving through Kansas, why don't you tell them about <laughs> your gallery and what's what, what you're showing there? Oh, sure. Well, we have a we're in a small town. We're in a in a, in a Swedish American uh, community uh, called Lindsborg, and uh, it's right out in the middle of the state. It's only about thirty five hundred people. We have a shop called Small World Gallery, and it has my photography. Um, and uh, my wife and our assistant Brianna's jewelry and children's books and things we find delightful. And I, I know how it works now. Uh, I went into this thinking everybody was going to come in and look at my photography and they still come in and they make a passing glance at my photography and then they go buy my wife's jewelry. So I kind of know the, the, the buying preferences of the public nowadays. And but what's on the wall? You got pictures from you, oh. you think you mentioned bears and things and oh you know I have I have pictures of uh of uh, the Flint Hills, the 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 tall grass prairie of Kansas, because well that's in our backyard. Um we have um pictures of Scotland, uh Wales, uh places like that. Uh then we have cards. I print my own greeting cards, so we have about 400 cards. Uh, on the floor at any one time from around the world. You can find everything from small towns in Kansas to uh, to uh, pyramids and uh, and uh, uh, the Andes of Peru and all those all those kind of things and posters and just all that kind of stuff. I'm big into printing, so I uh, I print a lot of my own pictures. And what kind of printer do you use? I've got an Epson. I've got two. I've got an Epson. P8000 for the 44 inch uh, wide stuff. And then all of our cards and uh, posters are printed on a, an Epson P900. Now for people who aren't doing a cross country trip and who are not going to be in Kansas in the next few months, how do they see your work online, Jim? Uh, two ways. You could go to jimrichardsonphotography.com 
jimrichardsonphotography.com. That's kind of where I keep all of my editorial things and all the stories that I worked on for National Geographic over the years. And then we do have a small ga uh, a gallery uh, for our, our shop called smallworldgallery.net. .net. Yeah, smallworldgallery.net. And that will get you to my stuff and, uh, and all the rest. All right. Well, Jim, thank you so much. I'll let you get back to the four degree weather. Bundle up before you walk outside, right? <laughs> Jeff, thank you for having me here. And, All right. uh, and same to Scott. All right. Back to you, Scott. Well, when a guy like Jim Richardson takes a phone to Scotland and shoots everything with an iPhone, that tells you something. And I think what it tells you, Jefferson, is what we've all known. It's not the camera. It's the eye. And whatever, you know, the saying we all hear, the best camera is the one you have with you. Mr. Richardson makes that uh, abundantly clear. He is well-known, leads workshops. We're lucky to have had him on the show. And uh, as usual, you did a great job in the interview. Well, thank you very much. So now we're going to okay. talk about shooting like a pro, huh? Yeah, because that's what Mr. Richardson did. He, he talked about shooting yeah. like a pro. And that's what we're going to do. Talk about shooting like a pro. Now, when we say that, what do we really mean? Well, what we're trying to say is that you know, maybe you grab your iPhone and you take a little snapshot. You don't think much about it. But if you decide to go to the closet, get out your fancy camera bag and open up your DSLR and put on your favorite lens and maybe throw a plate on there and then stick it on a tripod, that puts you in a different frame of mind. And what we want to have happen is we want that frame of mind going on when you're using your iPhone. So it's a simple choice, Jefferson, to be deliberative to be contemplative and to think about what you're doing. And I want to start with one of your tips that I happen to think is brilliant because it solves so many problems. And that is the famous magazine trick. Okay. So I, I, I'm going to explain the magazine trick. I, I also want to say that Scott and I have a list of 50 of our favorite iPhone photo tips. And of those 50, I bet you three or four are iPhone specific. Okay, so the magazine trick. Uh, one of my big beefs is that most photographers take pictures between 10 in the morning and 3 in the afternoon, which is the worst time to take pictures of people, right? And anybody right. who's ever done a portrait in the uh, direct, bright sunlight knows what people's eyes look like. They look like raccoons. So what can you do? Well, one option is to have them with the sun behind them, and sometimes their face will come out okay, but it'll be a little dark. Uh, they could end up very silhouette -y if you're at the beach. It's a little rough. But there's another great trick, the magazine trick. So very simply, you take a magazine and you have someone hold it over their head, which then in turn puts shade on their face and eliminates the shadows. So where are you going to get a magazine? So you're out in the field. I don't care where you are. Now, of course, a safari won't work. But any city, any town, any county, whatever, there's always a real estate magazine there for free. And if there isn't a real estate magazine, they will go buy the newspaper. Go buy, go buy people at, at CVS or Walgreens. You know what I mean? There's always something. There's something you can do. And that other person that you're with can hold the magazine over your subject. Hold it high enough so that... That other person is not in the photo. And I think the picture will look pretty good. Yeah, this is actually a type of lighting that 
the great Dean Collins taught in the 1980s on the PPA circuit, he dubbed it subtractive lighting, meaning we've got light, we're going to take it away. Rather than add light with reflectors or flashes, we're going to take it away with the magazine, and the magazine is just what we call in photography a scrim. We're going to scrim the light. If you go to watch a movie being fil uh, filmed, lots of times you'll see these giant, things on poles that look like they're casting shade. They're called scrims. And in this case, the magazine is the scrim. And what this does, Jefferson, is this makes the open sky the key light source. And if you look carefully when you do this, you'll see a little catch light in the eye. And that's just the blue sky behind you. And it's a wonderful trick. It allows you to shoot at any time of day. And if you don't have a magazine and you do want to do it a little more fancy, you can buy a light stand or a C stand and you can buy scrims and flags, we call them. And you can have an assistant hold one. Those of us who have ever had to shoot executive portraits, I know I used to do that many, many years ago. Seems like the only time the executive was available was at noon. The light was horrible and he'd say, okay, you got six minutes. Uh, so this is a great trick, and this works no matter what kind of camera you use. So we're saying think like a pro, shoot like a pro, and this is a tip that you can use. Now, I want to talk about something that you, you hear discussed on the camera forums. I'm also going to probably get yelled at because what I'm about to say is every minute you spend on the camera forums is a waste of your life. <laughs> Most of the people there don't know what they're talking about. But one of the things you always hear people talking about on the camera forums, particularly when it comes to small sensor cameras, that would be micro four thirds or, or, or uh, iPhones, etc. They'll say, well, you can't get a creamy bouquet. You can't get a smooth bouquet out of those. And an, an F4 lens is really an F8 lens and blah, 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 blah. Well, the problem is they don't understand one absolute rule about photography, and it is this rule. As subject distance to camera distance decreases, so does depth of field. And we talked about this early in the show. Get close to somebody for a portrait. Well, the, re the reason that that improves bokeh is that the depth of field can get very shallow. Now, it's more pronounced when you use a long lens. If you use like a two or 300 millimeter lens and you get to the minimum close focusing distance on that lens, I'll use the Olympus lenses uh, 300 as an example since I used to be an Olympus visionary. I'm familiar with it. That's a big telephoto lens. Yet, at close focusing distance, which in was a ridiculous like four or five feet on that lens if i recall f22 gives you a depth of field of a 16th of an inch because you're so close now the inverse of this is true as well if there are birds in the sky and they're 500 feet away from you you can shoot wide open and the depth of field is a mile so just remember if you don't have a fancy camera or a fancy fast lens just get close think about this be deliberative, be contemplative. The closer you get, the narrower your depth of field will be. And there is nobody that can disprove what I just said. That is an absolute fact. So take that to the bank and it's your turn, Jefferson. What's what's one of your other okay. ideas? I'm gonna, ideas? I'm gonna give my, um, my opener, which is always, there's three things that you need to do and it's, they're, they're camera specific and they're iPhone specific and they're Galaxy specific, okay? Um, but, but the people with cameras take this more seriously than the people with smartphones. So number one, 
do you, do you really run out to go to a shoot with a dirty lens? I don't think so. You're going to clean it before you leave, right? And our, smart, yeah. our, our iPhones are in our pockets, our, our male pockets, and in our female purses, and they're rustling around, and they're getting filthy. Clean the lens. Second of all, would you go to a shoot without a memory card in the, in the camera? Or would you go to a shoot with a memory card that's full or nearly full? I don't think so. So we want to check our storage before we go out on a shoot. And if we don't have room, we're, we need to make amends and figure out something to do. Thirdly, do you charge your camera up before you go to a shoot? I know I do. I have a big shoot on Saturday, and I'll be charging all day tomorrow. So charge up your phone as well at 100%. And if, you, and if you're not charged and you worry, bring, bring extra battery. Bring extra batteries. Bring a power brick. Uh, it's really cool. My power brick the other day powered up, recharged two, two GoPros at the same time. So it could do more than just give you extra juice on, on your iPhone. It can also uh, charge up other cameras at the same time. So think, think like a pro. In this case, I've got a big shoot on Saturday. I'm going to clean my lens. I'm going to check, check my, I'm going to put two 64 gig cards in it, in my, in my Sony camera. And they're going to be, um, they're going to be formatted and they're going to be clean and I'm going to be charged. And we need to do all the same thing on our iPhone. Sounds amazing to me. Well, I think one of the things that we know, Jefferson, that sort of starts to separate people who are semi-serious or serious about their photography from people who are just casual snap shooters is the dreaded M, as in the M for manual. <laughs> it's not really that scary, but I do see a lot of people freak out. Wait a minute, I got to take it off automatic mode? I don't know if I can do that. Well, folks, if you want to get serious, you want to shoot like a pro, you want to treat your camera like it's a pro camera, and an iPhone 13 Pro is a pro camera, in my opinion. The quality is just as good as, it's way better than stuff I used to get 25, 30 years ago out of cameras. Well, ditch automatic. Just turn that, just, just turn that off. And, and, and here's the problem. In order to do that, that means you're going to have to get away from the native camera app. The good news is for the price of anywhere from free to 15 bucks, and I think 15 bucks might be the most expensive, you can buy a third-party app that will do amazing things for you and allow you to have full manual control over things like file format. Did you know that you can shoot in JPEG or RAW or DNG sometimes, depending on the on the app? You can pick the color temperature. You can pick the, the shutter speed. You, there are a lot of controls that you have if you use one of these apps. And my pick of the week is going to be one of these apps. And I, I've talked about several that I've used, but I've got another one that I really spent some time with lately, and I'm going to talk more about it later. But pick one of these and, and learn it. There are many. There's one from Moment. There's one from Filmic Pro. There, there's, there's Camera Plus. There's all sorts of great apps. You've got to go off of that automatic, folks. If you want to shoot like a pro, you want to you want to think like a pro, work like a pro. That means ditch the automatic, and you know if you're just having fun with mom and dad and taking a snapshot, well, okay, use the iPhone app. Don't worry about it. Well, there's a reason we're ditching automatic. Automatic doesn't always get it right. 
You know, that's true. It's just, you know, I could take a picture of a family at the beach and they could be a silhouette because they're exposing for the background and not for the faces. So you need to be versatile as a photographer and to know to, to change the exposure depending on the setting. Uh, and I will say that in that native camera app that most people use on the iPhone, you have two stops up and down that you can adjust and you can go lighter and you can go darker. So you, you the, the Apple does give you a little control, uh, camera plus, uh, camera plus two, camera two plus. Uh, it's one of those yeah. uh, uh, that we talked about on last show. They have a full manual mode and I believe that app is $8 and uh, you have a lot of choices there. So, um, Following up on that theme, I'm going to talk about ditching Zoom because there's nothing that bothers me more than watching somebody stand in the back of a room and pinch and pinch to get a nice little close-up when actually all they're doing, all they're doing is cropping the living daylights out of the shot and ending up with something that is unusable. Now, if I have a real camera in my, I shouldn't say it. If I have a big, professional, expensive camera in my hand, I'm not pinching nothing. I'm If I want to get closer, I walk there and I frame it correctly as the photographer should. Now, sometimes you can't get there um, and that's just the way it is. But pinching all the way in ain't going to help you because the picture's going to look like crap. We've talked about it a lot. We're going to have to keep reinforcing these themes, though, Jefferson, because sometimes it takes people seven times, I'm told, to hear something to believe it. Don't ever, 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 times 123 million evers, use the built-in flash on your iPhone. Mm -hmm. Just don't do it. And if you're going to use a flash, another pro tip that our friend Rick Salmon says is get the dadgum flash off the camera. If you have problems with red eye, it's because of the location of the flash relative to the retina of the subject. Move the camera flash off the camera. You can do this any number of ways. There are wireless flashes. There's one little uh, fun flash that's affordable from Anchor called the iPhone LED flash. And it's an MFI certified, which means Apple blesses it, uh, is working with the iPhone, you can plug it in to the lightning port and you can either hold it off to the side while you've got your iPhone in a cage or a case on your hand or on a tripod. You can hand it to an assistant. You can put it on a stand, but get the dadgum flash off the camera and try to think about, you know, emulating the kind of lighting you see in professional portraits. The most basic kind of lighting that most everyone learns first is called Rembrandt lighting. And if you learn that, and that's all you learn, your picture's going to be 10 times better than if you were using the stupid flash on the camera. So get the camera flash off of the camera, get a little bit high, ankle down at about 45 degrees, and start playing around with modeling light, moving the light around on the face, seeing where the shadows fall. Because... The real story in a professional portrait, Jefferson, is where the, the light and the shadow come together and how soft those gradations are or how hard and how quickly they fall off or how slowly. Okay, for our listeners who don't have access to an assistant but travel in groups, more than one, 
Um, one really, really, really easy way to, to get illumination on your image that's not on that awful Apple Flash is to have your friend pull out their phone and open up the flashlight app and then shine it on the subject from the side, from the top, from the bottom. Um, try them all. And one of those should work pretty decently. And then I'm going to give you my tip, which is as a pro photographer, my job is to get every combination of shot, right? Uh, I get the medium, I get the wide, I get the telephoto, I get it from the side, I get it from the left, I get it from the right, I get it from the top, I get it from the bottom. I show all perspectives. And you should bring that same mentality to the iPhone because you're not being charged every time you take a photo. The, the, I mean, it, the, it's unlimited. And you don't know <laughs> until you till you go home and start looking at the pictures which one was really going to work. Taking the same photo 10 times in a row ain't going to do it. Taking the same uh, image from 10 different uh, perspectives is going to cut it. One of those will be good, maybe two. So the other day, I, just to prove this point, I went down to the beach and I shot a lifeguard tower uh, and I shot it from the back, from the front, from the left, and from the right. And of those four, I thought two of them were pretty good. Two of them were worthless, but I didn't really know that until I got home. And I think Scott saw the photos. What did he think? Yeah, I, I like that. That's in the video world, we call that coverage. Shoot a long shot, shoot a short shot, do a medium close-up, an extreme close-up, shoot a, shoot a wide shot. You want to get a lot of coverage so the editors can move in and then decide how they want to tell the story. Well, if you're at a some, you know, Hermosa Beach and you don't live there, and it's your one time in history you're going to be there, don't just take one picture and call it good. Walk around. I used to have this saying that I would teach my students called Ludda. Look up, look down, look all around, and shoot from all of those angles. And Jefferson, one of the things I've seen you do a lot is you'll lay down flat on your back. You'll shoot straight up. You do all kinds of cool, crazy things like that. And that's what people need to do. Because once you get it home, then you can decide what's the best shot. And maybe you say, hey, I really am glad I got that perspective because it, it worked out best for the story I want to tell. All right. Well, we're wrapping up here. Uh, before we talk about our picks of the week, I want to say we do have a new site, iPhonePhotoTeam.com. We have circles on iPhonePhotoTeam.com where you can submit photographs and they're all kinds of genres. We recently added, um, I, I can't remember, uh, we added sunrise, we added sunset, we added weddings, we added events, we added long exposure, we added a bunch of stuff up there. So you can put as many photos as you want up there. It's absolutely free to participate. You do have to sign up. You do have to give us your real name both your first and your last name. And if you want to win a prize, you have to have an address in the United States and you have to tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're at, where the photo came from, so we know what we're, what we're dealing with. And this month, Jefferson, we got a $180 package from Platyball, um, Platypod, excuse me. We have a $180 package from Platypod, which includes a nice plate and a whole bunch of accessories that go with it. We're going to pick a winner next month of the best image we find in these circles. There's no reason not to go because you can add these pictures from any device, iPad, iOS or not, 
web browser, you name it, and it's free. It doesn't cost you a thing. And you can go in there and comment on each other's photos, which I hope you will do. And you can find all kinds of other stuff. Jefferson just did a stand-up news piece there. We have a chat session coming in April. It's all free. It's much more than just this podcast in our podcast notes. It's a community of iPhone camera users. We want you to join. It's free. iPhonePhotoTeam.com. Be there or be square. Jefferson, it's time. It's so funny that you said that because my pick... He's going to say, and Jefferson, what's your pick? Well, let me tell you about my pick, because Scott's going to have a pick in a minute. But my pick is, remember when Instagram was square? Remember how cool that was? And all of a sudden, it's not square anymore. Um, and it just becomes something that it wasn't. It's just become this sort of video site with a bunch of sexy young gals running around and uh, people doing uh, weird things like jumping, you know, jump bungee jumping and all sorts of things. So my pick is for one of the first apps that's still out there. It's called Hipstamatic. All photos are square, and it looks cool, and everything's nostalgic, and everything's retro, and. It's free and a lot of fun. So that's my pick, Mr. Square. Well, guess what? There was a reason I used that line. Because <laughs> I have that app too. And, you know, I, I made my bones, my serious bones, using Hasselblad medium format cameras, which were all square. So I love shooting in square format. It's one of my favorite things to do. That's a great app, and you can't complain about the price. Well, my pick is another iPhone app called... Beast Cam. Now, Beast Cam is from the people that make Beast Grip, and you've heard me talk about their grips. I do use their grips. They make cages, all sorts of uh, accessories for people that use iPhones for video and for stills. And Beast Cam will let you have complete manual control, like we talked about in this show, both stills and video. And one of my favorite thing about things about it is. It is the only app that I have been able to find, even Filmic Pro can't do this, that will shoot at 60 frames per second slow-mo in ProRes, which is just phenomenal. I mean, it's just crazy that it can do that. Nothing else can do that. I also like the presets they have. So that's my pick. It's, it's the Beast Cam app. It's not expensive. You can find it on the App Store or whatever. And I really encourage you to start experimenting with some of these apps because they open up the camera in new ways. Now, remember, we're here every Friday with a new show, and that means we need information from you to help us help you. So please send us an email, iPhonePhotoshow at gmail.com. Let us know what you'd like us to talk about, any special guests that you'd like us to have, what you think we should do as a pick of the week, we want your participation. We need you. So please, iPhonePhotoshow at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. Jefferson, when you are not on the show with me, where can people find you? Please check out my travel photography series, PhotoWalks TV. It's on YouTube. The new season, season four, is kicking off on April 2nd with a big eight-week road trip on California Highway 1, the California Central Coast from Pismo Beach, all the way up to Monterey. Uh, look for me on my website, jeffersongram.net. Look for me on Twitter and Instagram where I'm at Jefferson Graham. And Scott, how about you? 
I'm on Twitter at Scott Bourne. You can go to scottbourne.com, and I am a host over at iPhonePhotoTeam.com, and I'm spending time there every single day. I hope to meet you there. If I don't, I'll be sad. So be sure to tune in next Friday, every Friday. Subscribe at your favorite podcatcher. Let your friends know what we're doing. We'd love for everybody to get involved and have a good time. In the meantime, we will see you again in seven days on the iPhone Photoshop.